This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Tell me one thing about the game today. Why did our kicker miss the game-winning kick wide right when they were in Arizona right there? And it was wider than... Kicking it right to Minnesota, which is probably a thousand miles right, right there. Tell me why, Mackie, it was that wide right. I can tell you. With a game on the line, when a guy kicks two 50-yard field goals to, you know, to make the game interesting. And my brother right here said to me, look, all I got to do is this. All I got to do is, with 30 seconds left and the clock running, why don't you go up top like Joe Gibbs would when the Redskins were a dynasty and maybe take a shot and win the game when you have a terrible field goal kicking history in Minnesota Vikings NFL history? Tell me why. Can you just tell me why? Please tell me why. <laughs> wow, dude. That was Bob in Pennsylvania, <laughs> the legendary Bob in Pennsylvania. <laughs> on Ventline yesterday. Uh, you know, we're still sitting here after a hopefully a good... Did you guys get a good night's sleep, or did you toss and turn thinking about Greg Joseph? Decent night's sleep. I slept great. Decent night's slept sleep. Like a, I slept like a baby. I did, too, because Ventline is therapy. Like, I usually... My, my routine after a devastating loss is, you know, a good 90-plus minutes of Ventline, which people can go check out on the Purple Daily podcast feed, scorenorth.com, YouTube channel. And then I scroll through Twitter for like another three hours and just like <laughs> yep. fight with people. And then I'm just too exhausted to wake up in the middle of the night. So I just crash for like seven hours. Yeah. That's my routine. Yeah, I was great once it got done. And you know what? I love Bob because because Bob is is again, like if you if you transplanted all East Coast fans to this state, <laughs> that's, that's Bob. That's Bob. And he's so harsh that you feel cleansed. It, it's a it's a Vikings juice cleanse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In this case, it's a Viking it, it, kicker cleanse. And it doesn't cost you eleven dollars a bottle. No, of juice. Yeah. exactly yeah, right. It's, it's but I mean, I felt actually. I felt cleansed. It was all gone. <laughs> so if yeah, if you're looking for a Vikings juice cleanse, I like the way uh, Judd put it. Go go check out Ventline from yesterday. Um, Let's get into statements, boys. Monday statements, a staple here on Mackie and Judd, daily Minnesota sports entertainment. I think our guy uh, Randy in Cottage Grove is going to join the show at some point. I don't, I don't sleep well. I, I'm going to guess sleep he sleep well. <laughs> yeah. 
guess we'll find out what his Monday is like. But um, who wants to start? Judd, you want to start us with oh, some Oh, sure, sure. Okay. I'll start. I'll start with the low-hanging fruit, but it's necessary. I am sick of kickers. I am sick of kickers. I'm sick of kicker problems. I'm sick of the fact that the Vikings can't solve this. I'm sick of the fact that while they are more than willing to spend on a lot of positions that they seem to go to the bargain bin. Greg Joseph is on a one-year $750,000 contract and hadn't kicked competitively in a game, at least for a real field goal attempt since 2018. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sick of this repeating itself over Blair Walsh, Daniel Carlson, Dan Bailey. I'm just so tired. Yeah, I saw a note today from Ben Gessling, Star Tribune. He, he uh, quote tweeted Mike Zimmer's quote yesterday where Zimmer, a Zen Mike Zimmer after the game, who was like, yeah, I just kind of come to know that kickers are going to miss kicks. It's part of the game. It's like I, Mike Zimmer is oddly Zen, which we can get to in a second, too. But the Vikings, I want to say during Mike Zimmer's career, I think was the time span, have the seventh worst field goal make percentage in the NFL, which is actually better than I thought. Honestly, yeah. I, I actually thought it was going to be worse. But like... Yep. Uh, the Vikings are at like 80%, and there's a couple other teams in like the mid to upper 70s. But, I mean, I don't understand how you can look so great with a 53-yard field goal or whatever it was against the Bengals last week. You can knock home, I think it was a 52-yarder, and then the extra point, which, by the way, people aren't talking enough about. The Vikings lost that game by one, and that dude missed an extra point as well. We're focusing only on the field goal which was his shot at redemption for the missed extra point, and he misses two kicks inside 40 yards. And I think, actually, here's my, I'll piggyback off Judd. Here's my first statement, all right? We can dissect the defense didn't do this, and the offense could have done this in the second half, and Mike Zimmer, clock management this. Sometimes NFL games just meander and weave their way for three hours to a 37-yard field goal that your kicker is supposed to make. Like, is it really that much to ask for Greg Joseph to just make a 37-yarder and make everything else for the previous three hours go away? It really shouldn't be that much to ask. No, it shouldn't be, but here's what I don't get. Why has, why has Rick Spielman, the Vikings GM, for all these years, insisted on tempting fate over and over and over again by going to the, we'll pick this guy off waivers now, and, and he tried with Carlson, but I'll still go back to, Mike Zimmer and a rookie kicker do not mesh, right? What Childress did when he signed Ryan Longwell to end the Vikings' kicking problems back in 2006 was the right move. Just end it. Pay the guy. Just pay pay the guy. Give him a really nice contract and say, you know what? For the most part, we no longer have to be concerned about this. I don't understand why the Vikings are always tempting fate by going on the cheap or trying to you know trade for Kari Vedvik. Oh my God, our guy's struggling. So we're going to trade for Kari Vedvik, a fifth round pick, which by the way we know to Spielman is gold. So I guess my question is, at what point in time wouldn't you have just said, you know what I'm going to do here? I, I don't like this because of the cap, but I'm going to sign a kicker to a very fair market contract uh, because I don't want this to continue to be a problem for my team. Yeah. And then I would say. I think the knee-jerk reaction from a lot of people, and maybe even Mike Zimmer deep down, even though he suppressed this reaction at the podium yesterday, is to say, "Oh, we'll just get rid of him. Just now, you got you got to cut him. He missed, you know, missed an extra point, missed a field goal. I'm not going to do that. 
You guys have already played musical chairs with Daniel Carlson. You've played Correct. musical chairs with all these other guys, Dan Bailey. Yes. If you've identified Greg Joseph and you were confident all throughout the offseason and the preseason and you were confident after week one, yep. then if they start to work out kickers, I will really go apoplectic. At least commit now and and instill some confidence in the kicker that you brought on to be your kicker number one. And it would just, if they do that, continue the cycle, right? It, it's a cycle. It's it's a bad relationship with kickers. And they continue down this path. So if they go out and, like, I don't know, they sign one now. We're going to bring a guy in who got cut in training camp, but we we saw some film. You know, it doesn't fix the problem. The only thing that would have fixed the problem is if they had presented a guy at some point in time with a four-year contract, paid him pretty well, and said, fix the problem. But think about it, Phil. They've never... With this regime, they've never done that. They thought they did with Carlson, but he, he was a rookie, which you knew was going to be a problem for Mike. Um, and I guess they started with Blair Walsh, who actually had been good, and then went downhill. But it's just this vicious cycle of always tra- – so if they cut Joseph now, they're going to bring in another guy who's going to miss a key field goal. Mm-hmm. It's kind of amazing. I mean, it's been – we're probably overplaying it because there's other teams that clearly suffer from, you know, kicker problems. But it's been 23 years. 20, you know, Gary Anderson missed that field goal in 1998. And I think it's pretty safe to say that for 23 years, with the exception of a few Ryan Longwell years in there where you felt pretty confident, like the, the peak Longwell years, you felt pretty good. But for most of 23 years, Vikings fans have felt anxiety and other terrible emotions when kickers line up for key field goals. Like, if you're a Ravens fan, there's a chance Justin Tucker might miss. But you feel pretty damn good. When Matt right. Prater lines up for a field goal from, from 62 yards, that, was, <laughs> that, that wasn't a game winner. But, like, you feel it's going through, baby. Feel pretty good, man. A Vikings kicker lines up for a 37-yarder, and you're just like, oh, my God, this is what's going to happen? Is it a botch snap? Wide left, wide right? Yeah, turns out it was wide right. All right, Declan, Bye. statement. Yeah, my first statement as it relates to the Vikings and all of Minnesota sports, too. And my statement is very simple. It's existence is pain. Existence is pain watching what unfolded yesterday. And also it's just a microchasm of all of Minnesota sports things. So when you're watching that Vikings game and you first see him miss that extra point on the third touchdown, you know that eventually you're going to pay the piper and that's going to come back to haunt you. So what happens over the course of the game? You battle back, you take haymakers, you go back and forth, you get a big stop. On the two-minute warning, you get the ball back. Kirk marches down the field. The offensive line holds up, and you're thinking, oh, this is it. And then you see the kicker run out. And to Mackey's point, you're still holding your breath because we're scarred for the last 20 years of Vikings kickers. I'm still scarred when the baseball team goes the postseason and they don't know what to do. I'm still scarred because the Wild can't find a center and they can't get their best player of all time under contract. I'm not that excited about the Timberwolves, even though they're trending in the right direction because they've been a dumpster fire for the last 20 years. And Minnesota sports, what happened yesterday is a perfect example of existence being pain, trying to watch this team, these teams, these four men's teams win a championship or rise up and do something in a clutch moment. And I know we're overreacting, but that's the fun part. But to me, this existence is pain trying to watch this unfold week in and week out. I just like that your that your pain went to more of like a macro level yesterday. It wasn't just like, oh my god, how are they not winning this game? It was like, like your pain seeped into like your entire life as yes. a Minnesota sports. Fan. That's what it felt like to me. Each team has its problems, and uh, yeah, that is. But 
on Ventline last night, when you have people legitimately not being smart asses saying, how could they not just try and score a touchdown? They shouldn't, they should never let the kicker on the field. Like that is a level of, of <laughs> just absolute um, pain that most fan bases don't know. Like I can't are, go to that point. Like the, I can't either, the, but think about it. There are people, I think, do I think the Vikings should have done something more productive with the final 40 seconds than just let it all run down and say, I think we're good, right? I mean, that was Mike Zimmer not trusting his running backs to not fumble. It was a lack of trust, even though he was great on that final drive in Kirk Cousins. Zimmer was like, 37 yards, right. knowing the history of kicking under me as a coach and also historically, like, I'm good on 37 yards. I would have tried to move it inside a 30-yarder to make it even more of a chip shot. But there are a lot of people saying, like, no, you needed to go for a touchdown. I mean, that's yes. a little far. When you get in, when you get inside 40 yards, it's just about maneuvering, I think, and trying to get it to the right hash mark. I could see going for a touchdown and taking one shot and then trying to kick the field goal. But would you have trepidation about attempting a 37-yard field goal in the NFL? You got problems. Dude. 37 yeah. yards. Like, I don't need to. Okay, if it was 23, he, I think he shanks it regardless. I mean, it was just that bad. All right, Judd, your second statement. Oh, Kirk Cousins should be pissed off of what we just talked about. Kirk Cousins yesterday did everything that Kirk Cousins is paid to do, and he did a very good, good job. And you know what? Against the Bengals, statistically, I thought he was good, but I thought there was more he could have done. Yesterday, I'm pretty convinced he did everything that he could do. He was did a great job of distributing the ball to Osborne and Thielen and Jefferson. And that last drive, the, the second to last drive was, I thought the play calling was not good and it was downright ugly, but the last drive was very pretty and very productive. And with, we always talk about what Kirk makes as far as taking away from the salary cap and being a problem. But let's talk about what Kirk makes when the head coach looks at that contract and thinks, okay, this is my $30 million quarterback. He needs to be allowed to, when he's playing this well, take a shot, right? Take a shot. Um, and to allow that time to tick off the clock down to four seconds like it was Case Keenum and you don't trust him uh, totally flies in the face of how Kirk played in that game. And if I was Kirk, I'd be pissed. I want. I would have wanted an, an opportunity with the weapons that I had, right or wrong, to take a chance, to take a shot, to try and score a touchdown, dagger it, end the game. And not only did the Vikings not do that, but they did the opposite, which was 40 seconds left. Okay, what should we do? Let's allow almost all of it to come off the clock with the quarterback who played a great game and was hot. Why? Yeah, I, well, again, I don't, I, I don't advocate for just like lobbing passes into the end zone mm-hmm. when, you, when you're inside a 40-yard field goal. Mm-hmm. To me, the risk-reward there... You know, you're you're supposed to make that field goal. So let's 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 keep let's make sure that we pin that on the wall there that you're supposed to make that field goal. I I agree with your overall point though. Kirk was mostly excellent in that game. Mm-hmm. You know, the the first half he jumps out, boom, play action, what second play of the game, 64-yard pass to KJ Osborne. Um on the final drive, he had four big completions including that third and 10 to Adam Thielen. Game totally on the line. They know you're going to throw. You can't run play action. Those are the situations that historically and statistically he is terrible in. And he rose above and was really good on that final drive. And he did what he was supposed to do. 
he should have gotten credit for a successful fourth quarter comeback. He only has two as a Viking, and there's a few that the defense has either given away or, in this case, a kicker gave away. Now, that happens to all the other quarterbacks as well that try to get fourth quarter comebacks, but he deserved more. Kirk Cousins deserved more than he got yesterday uh, because of Greg Joseph missing that kick. If I am Kirk Cousins and I am paid like Kirk is and there's 41 seconds left on the clock and my and and my coach gets in my ear and says we're going to allow the clock to wind down I'm pissed off um I'm not saying that, that he should have been allowed to throw an irresponsible pass but my god he is in at that point in time leading a super impressive drive there's other options as far as plays go I would want at least a shot at at another play before we call that timeout. And instead, again, he got treated like he was a rookie quarterback who you didn't trust. And that's the fundamental part of the problem, in my opinion, in the relationship that exists on the field between Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins. Yeah, so in that moment, Mike Zimmer isn't thinking, oh, Kirk looks pretty good on this drive. He's thinking, okay, Dalvin fumbled last week in a similar situation. Kirk usually is overwhelmed and even you could even reference the previous drive where they went three and out and he throws a weird check down on third and seven to Amir Abdullah. Yep. That's bad. Like, like, so Zimmer's thinking about, okay, well it was five minutes ago he looked overwhelmed and the offensive line also regularly looks overwhelmed in these exact situations. It's a miracle that we've made it inside, you know, a 40 yard field goal. And so I think like, again, I'm not justifying it. I see what Mike Zimmer was thinking, but there has to be something, to your point, more productive that you can do with those 40 seconds. Even running the ball. Like, is there something you can do? Can you can you run the ball to the, the exact middle of the field for three yards even and make it yeah. a 34-yarder from the exact point that Greg Joseph wants it to be? You know, But in Kirk's defense, Kirk was playing well enough and, and was doing – a lot of the things that we've asked for where he should have been given that opportunity, not a, okay, guy, thanks a lot. You've done a real nice job. Now that's my problem it is, is we rip. And I think we're right. We rip Kirk for a lot of things, but that was one where I will defend Kirk and say, okay, when he's playing like that, at least allow the ball to stay in Kirk's hands for, for one more play, as opposed to, again, he was being treated like, yeah, you're an okay QB when you're playing that well and that drive looks that good, the lack of trust. And the other problem, too, is this one. Clint Kubiak. Okay? If you have a if you have an OC that Mike trusts for sure, he's probably in Mike's ear. Being like, let's do this. Let's, let's do this. This was clearly a Zimmer orchestrated. I don't really trust the quarterback. And the OC is 34. And I'm not sure I trust him. And so we're just going to do the real safe thing. Here. But why did his like in his in his trust power rankings in that moment? Why did eh, we're good to run, to run the kicker out without trying to gain extra yards think rank like that. higher than all the other things? That's my point. Think about that. It's so weird. All think right. about what you just said on Mike Zimmer. Here's my next statement. Presented by Federated. Federated's here to give you frontline protection and risk management tools. If you're a business owner out there. They're here to protect your bottom line, and they're here to protect your employees, or at least help you protect your employees. Find out more about all the resources and people and tools that Federated provides at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Mike Zimmer is a defensive coordinator and a struggling one (laughs) at that. So do you guys ever watch Bar Rescue Oh yes, with John Taffer? We've talked about Bar Rescue. Love Bar Rescue. 
Love John Taffer. It's one, one of my favorite shows. It's always on Sunday nights, like during the non-football season when there's not amazing games like Chiefs-Ravens. I'm a, I'm a binge uh, Shark Tank and binge uh, Bar Rescue kind of a guy on Sunday nights. And one of, the, one of the themes that comes back, like every other episode, John Taffer will barrel in and, and he'll meet an owner of a bar that loves to sing or something, right? Yes. Like they love to do something. <laughs> they, like they own the bar, but I'm, I'm a singer. I'm, I'm a karaoke singer, yeah. and this is my karaoke bar, and I'm up, and they're singing, and like everything else in the bar is crumbling, right? Like the service sucks. The management is terrible beneath the owner. Uh, you know, customers are unhappy. There's mold in the kitchen. And there's all these things happening. But I'm a singer, and that's what I do. It's like, no, you're a bar. You're a business owner. You own the entire bar. And Mike Zimmer feels like, you know, any number of bar owners on Bar Rescue, they're like, I, I coach defense, and that's what I focus on. I, you know, I have this head coaching job so that I can do whatever I want on defense. It's like, no, no, Mike, you are the head coach of a football team. You oversee offense. You oversee the quarterback and the relationship. You oversee late half game management, timeout and strategy management, game theory. You oversee all these things. And it's like he just wants to focus on defense, and that's going poorly. They've had one of the worst defenses in the NFL now for all 16 games last year and the first two games of this year. And so I just like if John Taffer were to barrel in, if they had uh, an NFL team rescue show on Paramount Network, he'd come in and he would tell Mike Zimmer, shut it the bleep down. We're going to have a come to Jesus meeting for the next 72 hours. You are the coach of a full football team, not just the defensive coordinator. And even that's going, you can't even sing. And you're trying to be the karaoke singer. Focus on running your business. The best the part, wills. yeah. The best part too about Bar Rescue is how they always start the episode as five years ago. Business was good, like you know they opened up, yeah. and that's the same thing with <laughs> that. five yeah. years ago. He had the number one defense in the NFL, and then he got waxed in Philly, and everything has basically been crumbling <laughs> over the last thirty-two weeks. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it's it is hilarious when you put the parallels together. But where? But seriously, where where are the Wilfs? Where's Spielman? Where's somebody to say what you know? And not now, years ago. What are you doing exactly? Like, why aren't you more concerned about the team? Um, but it's as if it's, yeah, it's it's the weirdest thing now because it's just been, what, essentially three years. And I think Kirk crystallized it. I think because he and Kirk aren't close, I think it crystallized the fact that there is a, a disconnect between Mike and really the offense and special teams um, where he just thought, well, Kirk can be put on autopilot and he'll just run and then it's like no he really can't be and then mike's like well now i'm ticked off about that so i i'm just amazed that nobody has had or at least tried it seems like a come to jesus with mike about that and then you got you know, what you're saying. this is apples to oranges but on national tv last night the camera zooms in on john harbaugh in a key moment and he's in and it and like was it a little bit for show yes but john harbaugh lamar yeah lamar do you want to go for it, right? And you could just tell, like, those guys are, those like, that's the relationship. It's Lamar, it's John Harbaugh. And guess what? John Harbaugh, I don't think, came from this, like, 20-year background in offensive coaching. He was a special teams guy, yep. right? Special teams coordinator. But he Eagles. understands relationships. Yep. Lamar Jackson comes in. They build the entire offense differently around him. That's and, the most And it's very obvious that those guys spend a ton of time together yep. in those key moments.
That's the most uh, important thing. They changed their offense completely, rightfully so. And they didn't say, well, we can't, we don't do those things. They said, oh, this might work really, really well. Let's give it a go. Yeah. What are your strengths? How can we cater all of this to you? It's like Kirk Cousins came in, in fairness, as a mercenary. And they were like, okay, like, uh, like that's great. Just let us know what your strengths are. We may or may not consider them. Oh, you're not mobile? Well, well, you're going to have to kind of figure it out because we have a bunch of rotating parts on the offensive line. Although yesterday, Kirk Cousins was very mobile. Guy ran for like 35 Cordell yards, Cousins. scrambled to his left, and threw a ball on the run for a touchdown. So. Cordell Cousins, Kirk Vick. Mm-hmm. You know, there's uh, yeah. Kirk McNair. We can, we can it's great. do a lot of scrambling ones. Uh, my next statement is piggybacking off Mackey's point of, of Zimmer's defense. My statement is this defense is not going to be great. And we heard all offseason that they did everything they could to fix this defense. Dalvin Tomlinson gets plugged in. Michael Pierce comes back. You had to sew up some defensive back issues. And we all thought, all right, last year was a weird year. You had to play a lot of rookies, a lot of inexperienced guys. You didn't have Daniil Hunter either. Uh, you were the 30th, 28th defense last season. You'll, you should be able to return to top 10. I think, at best, this is going to be, again, an average defense. I think it was a poor assumption to just assume that you can go from 30th to top 10 overnight with six plug-and-play players on veterans who were on the wrong side of their careers and the reasons that they were veterans, and they were garbage, or not garbage, but garage sale signings. Look, I, I think there's some great personnel on this defense. Daniel Hunter had an amazing day yesterday. He had a couple sacks. Eric Kendricks is one of the best linebackers in the league and was able to go, and Harrison Smith's a, a decent safety. But those are three guys. That's it. And this defense, to assume it can be just return and, and flip a switch and go to top 10 was a poor assumption. And I think at best, when you're giving up 61 points and 950 yards through the first two games, that ain't going to cut it. And I know Kyler Murray is awesome, too. He's a cheat code. He's literally mad in 99 rating, running around, throwing off the back foot 14 yards past the line of scrimmage. The dude's insane. But this defense returning to top 10 was a poor assumption, and it's not going to be great. Could I? Okay, could I make a case? Everything you said is correct. Could I make a case that... The defense actually stepped up in a few really key spots in that game yesterday. Like I think we I think there's sure. there's two ways to look at defense. There's your overall, like, you know, from an overall standpoint, giving up thirty plus points and giving up eight yards of play was a disaster and I am not exonerating them. But you're gonna have some games like that, and then the question is, okay, are there moments where you just need a stop or you just need a turnover? And the Vikings defense delivered on those things. They got the pick six when they needed it in the second half. They got a couple big stops. In the, they only allowed 10 points in the second half, as garbage as they were in the first half. Daniil Hunter gets that big sack on third down to turn it over on downs. Um, and ultimately, they get, the, you know, they get the ball back to the Vikings offense after the Vikings flamed out on the initial what we thought was supposed to be game-winning drive. Boom. They force a three and out. That might have been the Daniil Hunter sack I'm thinking about. So they were they were bad overall, but the defense also. This all goes back to Greg Joseph. It's like I think the the conversation if he makes right. that kick, I think the discussion would be, <laughs> boy, the defense was bad, but Cam Dantzler came in, looked okay. Daniel Hunter looked amazing, and they got the big turnover pick six when they needed it. And so maybe Nick Vigil can be a mainstay if Anthony Barr isn't healthy. And because Greg Joseph missed the kick, sure. now the defense is just straight garbage. But you know? but to Dex's point. From the 10,000-foot view, the issue is this. This defense needs to be outstanding. Like, it needs to be outstanding a lot. Um, and it's not close. Like, like we can't be um, 
if the Vikings were an offensive machine, then I I think we we say, yeah, look, they rebounded in the second half, and Hunter was fantastic, and they made some big plays, and that's great. But we this team is built around four quarters of really good, solid defense. Like, you need to be one of the best teams in the league at this. You remade this thing. Your head coach is all in. That's all he does for the most part. And so I would say that, that this is what we've seen, and it's not a complete shock. But it's definitely a disappointment because we talked about this. This defense needs to be top five. Like, it needs to be top five. And if it's not, then what were you doing? Because you told us that you were going out and signing guys and doing this and doing that. And look, Mm -hmm. Dalvin Tomlinson, like it or not, was your marquee free agent addition. Like, that was your, we are going to Saks Fifth Avenue to sign a player. Dalvin Tomlinson, we're getting him off the shelf. Um, football. And, but I mean, S A C K S Fifth Avenue. Anyway, yeah. Do you even know I, the pun you just made? I think you just like, <laughs> you, you blacked out. That was a great pun. Oh, the sax thing? No, I was actually go- going for a elite, uh, elite store. Elite, but yes, that's good. You went with like the perfect Sa- yeah, the sax. Store. Well, I mean, it's it's early, but I'm still on my game. You see, that's the difference. I'm on my game. The Vikings are off their game. Oh that was God. a good. Yeah, it was a good. It's a great pun. Now, now that you pointed out, thank you very much. Um, yeah, I mean, I a lot of people did a victory lap. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to have a Kirk Cousins contract discussion on this episode because he did his job yesterday. But um, a lot of people. Did a victory lap, I feel like. Vikings Twitter, Vikings media, a lot of fans. You know, you guys said that they, could, they couldn't they could sign any players. Look at all the players they signed. Right. Well, I mean, they went to the used DVD bin. Patrick Peterson might be a Hall of Famer, but what's he done the first two weeks? Yeah. You know, Brashad Breland's been a disaster the first he, two weeks. He can't. I don't think. I don't think that he can play in this system. So he's like, more of a zone cornerback? Is that what people are saying? You probably got to get him as much help as possible. Because he does not look unless I unless I'm wrong here and he's about to rebound, he does not look like he can play in what Mike wants, and Mike's not going to change what he wants. Yeah, I have a Gophers one. All right, I got one. Wants a little pause. I got one more Vikings one. Okay, let's take one more one more trip around the room, Declan. Yeah, I'm down. Delvin. No, I I was throwing it to Declan. Do you have a? Oh, I thought it was Judd though. I I, I thought no, no. I think it's back to me. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is back My to Judd. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, man. No, no, no. Nice, nice job. Well, Judd just, Judd just talked about Saks Fifth Avenue and, for And him being hour. on his game. Where's Mackie <laughs> on his game in this early? 7 a.m. in Seattle right now. It's even earlier. Yeah. your point. All right. Here's my Vikings statement. And, and yes, I will preface this by saying this man, when he was healthy yesterday, had a marvelous game. But Dalvin Cook will never hold up to the workload the Vikings put upon him. Um, He just won't. He He's going to their... As he ages, the injuries he incurs are not going to decrease. They are going to increase. And as great as Cook was in the first half, he got banged up, and that's what happens when you ask an aging now. And for a running back, he's aging. When you ask an aging Dalvin Cook to basically be the workhorse for an entire game, and you're like, this game is going to rotate around this guy. Now, I'm not saying that it's a bad idea to, to use him on play action as a decoy at times. But when you give him the workload that they did, and he had 22 carries, and it would have been far more if he hadn't got hurt, um, it, it doesn't, unfortunately, it doesn't work to do what they want to do 
which is basically say, we're going to run you into the ground. And I fear it's only going to get worse as he ages, that we're going to get more of the, you know, twists an ankle, hurts a knee, just things like that. I think you just have to deal with it. You know, I think he's he's in his prime. He's highly paid. This is the time to just run him into the ground. <laughs> and if it, you know, I don't think you can, I don't think you can ease off. You know, I don't think, so he had 24 touches in that game yesterday. Probably would have had even more if not for the oh, way ankle more. tweak, right? Let's say Ab- he was tracking for 30. Absolutely. I don't think you can go into games and be like, okay, let's uh, let's cap it at 18 touches or 20 touches because a now you're shortchanging your offensive output, mm-hmm. and b you're not you're not guaranteeing anything. Like if he steps foot on the field and has 15 touches, he could get hurt. So um, would I would I want him just would I want him going Ricky Williams 1999 or whatever that year where Ricky Williams <laughs> carried the ball like 400 times and he just can't. No, but I'm I'm gonna I'm riding him at this point. I've committed to this. This contract, he's the one of the best running backs in the NFL, and I'm just gonna have to cross my I, fingers. I am going, I am going, and this is doable, very doable, way more play action with Dalvin, where he doesn't actually carry the football and throwing it more. You have three wide receivers now. For the first time in a long time, you have three, not two, three. Play action. It will freeze defenses. Dalvin is still feared. A healthy Dalvin is feared far more than a banged up one, right? So I actually think that there is a way to still use him for a lot of snaps and still and still get him a very uh, fair workload. But if you go back through the play-by-play of that game yesterday, you can find many instances where throwing the ball would have made sense, and the Vikings still insist on trying to run the football. I'm just saying let's balance things out here, play action with Dalvin Cook, but let's also be cognizant of the fact that you now employ three wide receivers who are all threats because KJ Osborne looks damn good. Yeah. Yep. All right, Dex. Uh, I have a, I have like a final weekend observation of a ridiculous thing that that I watched in my apartment unfold on Friday night. So I'll, I'm going to save it to the back end because I know okay. you have a gopher statement that that will probably tie better to Judd's workload statement. With Dalvin um, Cook. Not really. I mean, it's just a gopher football positivity okay. statement. But I will deliver it here real quick okay. and then move out of the way. The Gophers, this is maybe maybe this is a write that down prediction. I'll decide on Wednesday. The Gophers will be eight and one heading into the Iowa game hmm. on November thirteenth. They went in and now Colorado, listen, it wasn't Alabama, but Colorado's a, a good team that went toe to toe with Texas A and M, I believe, the week before. They go on the road and beat that team thirty to nothing and allow like fifty offensive <laughs> yards to Colorado. I mean that was a, and and the Gophers probably left points on the board. Uh, that was a thrashing, and now their next opponents are Bowling Green at home. Just just win that game. I don't care if it's ugly. That's going to be a just, – just win it. Um, at Purdue, okay, Purdue went toe-to-toe with Notre Dame, played pretty well. Nebraska, not, not a total gimme game. Maryland, but these are all games like Bowling Green, Purdue, Nebraska, Maryland. Northwestern looks bad. Illinois – and then you get Iowa, Indiana, Wisconsin. Iowa's fifth in the country right now, so I, I am sensing a little momentum. Maybe even a game. Maybe even a college game day. ESPN College Game Day on November thirteenth. If Iowa can hold serve too. Oh boy! Oh, you had to take a shot at the Hawkeyes. Um, you know, you know what intrigues me now? The Purdue game. Yeah, the Purdue game because I've I'm used to Purdue being garbage. It feels like for the most part. And Purdue w- would be tough. 
But that was impressive. Um, just quickly, Dex, before you go, to piggyback off of your gopher statement, here's mine. The Gophers should never, ever, 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 ever again play a non-conference game against the Pac-12 team on the road. Lest the Pac-12 network shows that game, I had to watch it in non-HD. Doogie had to come to my house to watch it because he couldn't find a bar with Pac-12. Um, <laughs> my, I my am in Pac-12 God. country. Get this. I'm in Pac-12 country. I went to a Gopher in Minnesota-themed bar, and they didn't get Pac-12 network. Does anyone in the country get Pac-12 network besides Judd on standard definition? On standard definition. I'm told it's Charter ridiculous. actually has HD, but anyway, this was just don't ever Why can't play they just show the game on Big Ten network, too? Like, why can't they just have the game on two different networks? they're showing a different game. Because they're showing something else. I'm a little jealous. Judd invited someone else into his house to watch a game. Uh, actually, you know what? Full full disclosure, full story. I didn't invite him. Uh, oh, he so, just showed. He just showed so, up. So, this, so we we <laughs> were going to meet at a sports bar to watch it. Okay. Because Duke's in in Duke's fashion, God bless him, had called the bar the night before. You get Pac-12 Network. They're like, oh yeah, absolutely. He gets there. Nah, we don't get it. He found another bar. Same thing. Drove there. They're like, oh, sorry, I guess we don't. So he finally calls me up, and, and he just says, what's your address? I'm coming over. <laughs> Better in play. Judd, just, uh, Judd hiding all the empty Surly cans, yeah. pushing him under the couch. The li- I had to clean up the living room. <laughs> oh, God, Amazing. All right, wrap us up here. All right, last Jack, statement. Final statement. From, a, redi- from a, a, a very chill and relaxed Friday evening in my apartment in, uh, in, in Minneapolis, uh, my statement is, if you're going to go through a ba- breakup, don't ask for your stuff from a two-story balcony. So, And by the way, this has nothing to do with me. I want to make that very clear before uh, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to bury that lead there. Um, <laughs> on Friday night, just a relaxed night, I was dog-sitting. I, I had my buddy Tito with me, a great corgi, just him and I hanging out, watching Star Wars. Very active Friday night for Declan in the Tito's. North Loop. And all of a sudden, I have my window open, and I hear this guy just, like, yelling and, like, hey, Give me my stuff. Hey, give me my stuff. I want my shirt, my hat, my cologne. My oh shirt, my, my hat, my cologne. Those those three very specific things. The, the cologne? The cologne. So what, is this a curb? Who even wears cologne I, anymore? I, 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 my I cologne, wear cologne. I want my cologne. But, but it, it was hilarious because he was on the phone with her at first. And then he clearly went to the balcony, which is like right next to my window. And now I'm me and the dog are watching this unfold because we are now just super enthralled. Eventually, after like pleading, she does give him the stuff, but he when he she asks uh, when she gives the cologne, the cologne's obviously in a glass bottle. So when she throws it oh, from a no, two story balcony, no. shatters everywhere. Oh. Did he, she throw it at him or did she kind of lob uh, it? Ah, she kind of lobbed it, and, and I think uh, Butters McGruff uh, maybe even dropped the dropped the bottle. But yeah, Troy Williamson down there, dude, really tough. If you're if you're gonna do the breakup, you can't be asking your stuff for the two story balcony. You're setting yourself up for like a music video disaster. Like you 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 can't be you can't be doing that, man. You're gonna have to eat that hat, shirt, and cologne, fella. Like I'm sorry. Like if if you can get two out of the three things in a breakup, good for you. You but, can't. Yeah. If, if sometimes there's there's I, listen. There's been some hooded sweatshirts that are just left behind. Sometimes yes. you gotta just you gotta leave a man behind. Yes. I'm know? confused though. So so. He obviously didn't live there. No. Like, why was the cologne there? Like, like I, Dude. you know, I could see the hat and shirt, right? Because like, when he wakes up, when he wakes up in the morning, he's, I mean, he's probably probably had a toothbrush, but that's right. toothpaste. Say. He didn't. He, he probably my, had some body wash, but he, you know, he my just damn like, crest too. I want my crest. Yeah. 
Give me my, give the my cologne, mouthwash. Well, the cologne's more valuable than the yeah, I toothpaste. Get it. I, I can see his logic. They I talk get about it. cologne. I'm with Phil. Who wears cologne? I wear it's cologne. weird. It's, it, it's too, you're trying too hard. Do you, really you, you do have to. You have to be very generous with how you spray it. There, there's a, there's a bunch of weirdos that like bathe and dowels in it. You just need a tiny, yeah. tiny, tiny yeah. little bit. A, like a three just... ounce bottle of cologne will literally last me like a year and a half. Like it, okay. it, it, it you have yeah, to be very delicate like, yeah. with it. Do you wear cologne? When do you wear cologne? Uh, yeah. I mean, usually I wear it almost every day. Mm-hmm. I feel like you don't need to. Has anyone ever commented to you like, yeah. "Oh boy, like I really yes. really like your cologne"? Yes. I did a persuasive so, speech in college of the one one of the few things you can control is how you smell when you when you want to when like when when you yeah, want you you can get out right. of the shower you can well, you can spray oh, wait, your deodorant wait, cologne you're saying that like everything in life is random except how you, you smell you can you can you have control <laughs> over how you smell you have control over it with your deodorant with your with your upkeep and with everything you do have control over that I don't I I think it's okay to wear cologne I don't think it's that bad. But you wear cologne to work. That that surprises me. Like I, I, I like can to see smell you going good. to the bars with a little little bit on. I like to smell good. Okay. I don't I got think a lot we need of a ju- out here. But. We need a Judd cologne challenge. Thirty yeah. days. I've got every some. Day. I've got some that I wear to very special events. And 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 to Dex's point about use, Dawn will spritz it on me because I don't know. Because like if you do it too much, yeah. It's- Overbearing, yeah, disgusting. Right. You, disgusting. You, it, even in just doing that example, you literally hit the trigger three times. That's right. Too many. Exactly. That's what I'm you saying. Need, but I mean, that's you need my one thing. spray it in the air, walk through it. That's Boom. all you need. Oh, really? That's what I do? Spray it in the air, walk and I haven't through done it, it in just, 14 years. That's exactly but, yeah. what I do. Yeah. There is nothing worse Boop. than than the grade school than oh. in the 70s in grade school. I wore it a couple times because you know you Some think it's going to be cool, and you <laughs> and and of course I I'm sure I bathed. In it, so I completely reeked of cologne, which is just a grotesque smell. Well, those are your Monday statements on football, kickers, cologne, life, the (laughs) Gophers. I don't know what more you want here on Mackie and Judd. Daily Minnesota sports entertainment. I'm just so pissed off at Rick Spielman. And I'll tell you, if you name, we could go and you guys can do Purple Daily and you could talk about Cousins. You're blue in the face. Vikings fans have known for years the offensive line problem, kicker problem, corner problem. Everybody knows this. Everybody knows that, right? And what one of those has been fixed by this doofus? We drafted, we signed. There's free. There's practice squad. It's all BS. He hasn't fixed one of three glaring problem areas and this isn't over one season this is like a five-year stretch where we know all these things suck and the guy does nothing that was uh chancy and fargo on yesterday's vikings vent line uh, a great impassioned rant if you want the full thing and a bunch of other vikings fans expressing their displeasure just check out vikings vent line on the purple daily podcast feed scorenorth.com, or the Purple Daily YouTube channel. All right, it's time to welcome in one of the most passionate Vikings fans we know. You can follow him on Twitter at RandyVikes69. Randy in Cottage Grove, how are you holding up after the the missed field goal late in that game yesterday? Who who was that? Who was the uh, gentleman who was just going off before? That was Chansey and Fargo. I like like that passion. That he he reminds me of uh, my my buddy Ron was 
throwing stuff yesterday at, oh, at the end and uh that's what we need a little more just a little more passion uh out of a lot of folks I saw a video going around on social media of a Vikings fan destroying his like 60 inch flat screen TV and throwing it into a fire pit. Was that your buddy, Ron? I know Ron, Ron, uh, Ron can't, can't afford that. He's, uh, he's got a lot of alimony, uh, <laughs> alimony that Sorry. he's got to uh, pay, but he comes over. We, we have a good time. I, I, I decided this week to bring it back. Leave leave the tavern. Bring bring him back home. Bring a host. I hosted, and uh, we we did get after it with that late start. You got a little bit more runway, if you know you know what I mean. So we we definitely got got uh, we got good and good and uh, lubricated, and we we had a good time. And it was it was we were rowdy, we we're loud, and uh, you know I one of those uh, I had the the stud stable all all ready to go. Mm-hmm. It was. Man, gonna have. In fact, even even the quarterback was gonna sneak in. Uh, believe it or not, uh, and then of course it all you know hit the fan, as they say, and uh, uh, it was frustrating. It just it, it's, a, it's a bitter a bitter taste. It's a it's a it's a nasty taste. Mm-hmm. You don't seem as upset yeah. as I thought, though. I I thought that you would be down in the dauber. I thought that you'd be ticked off. You seem like you're okay with this. I'm not not thrilled about it. Uh, Jeff, but I, that, you know, last night was uh, was uh, was tough. Uh, you know, a, a few of us had plans to to kind of go out and, and uh, roll a couple games after, and uh, just kind of take the victory into the night. And uh, we 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 scrapped that. You know, we 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 broke we we broke camp and 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 decided we're we're, we're not gonna you know do this isn't a night for celebration. So I, I, if anything, I'm just uh, I'm I'm gassed. I'm gassed. I'm 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 bushed. Mm. I did see uh in terms of just silver linings here, someone did point out that the Vikings of all the 0-2 teams have the best point differential and they're only a game back in the division. So yeah, maybe maybe good mean, things are on the horizon because of just how close the Vikings have played these first two games. Is that uh, did I miss a new uh did I miss a new a new rule where uh the end of the year they just add up your points? Because that 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 ain't how it works. As far as that. we yeah, we no. we had a big uh, a, a big point. W. Uh, we had a big W Saturday. Uh, we we won uh, we won on uh, we won uh, eleven to two. Felt great. And nice. then the next game we we lost four to three. Uh, as far as I can tell, uh, we we ended on a loss. So that, that that's not. Uh, I, I don't subscribe to, to moral victories. You know, in a lot of things in life, uh, whether it's football or. Or uh, or the divorce or, or anything, uh, you know, it's just uh, you 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 make your bet and you sleep in it. Right now, this bed this bed stinks. It, it's it's rotten. It's a rotten bed. And and uh, you know, we all we can hope is that the Packers lose tonight. But it, you know, don't, don't look now. But this is this division is not good. It, it, it's really not good. And so maybe you know, maybe if. Uh, team just a just a hair hair over 500 can take it but what 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 does that get you you know nothing nothing because mm-hmm. you watch a lot of these high flying teams and you know yeah and then by the way zim zim you got all that time left at the end and you got a guy making that kind of scratch and you basically take a knee what, what, where's the faith in this guy you know and if you don't if you don't trust him cut his ass cut his ass yeah. cut, you know, kick him kick him to the curb let's let someone cheaper call, take a knee. If that's what you're going to do, 
Zuma's going to be a stud, not anymore. Cousins was going to be a stud, not anymore, not not today. Just a dud stable today, and that's that's disappointing. And and and, and it it does sting. And now you're coming home one two, and and you got a lot of a lot of a lot of people pay a lot of good scratch to watch this team in person. A lot of people buy a lot of drinks at the bar. You know, a lot of people had four bottles of Yag Coke we, we went through yesterday, and for nothing, oh. for nothing. It's aggressive. Oh. Yeah. I think maybe well, Greg they, Joseph might have gotten into some of that leading up to the final drive. A little tough to, a little tough to kick straight on when you're. I'm gonna do. I, I don't even. This is bumming me out, and I, I, I have, I have to uh, do, do, go to the DMV today and try to get my license uh, oh. for, uh, reinstated. So I'm gonna let's do the, the stable. So I gotta. Get on with it. All right. Okay. This is uh, Randy and Cottage Grove's week two Minnesota Vikings dud stable. This is the week two, yet another stable that should have been a stud stable, and now it's a dud stable. Hmm. Week two Cardinals. This is a guy who blew, blew it two different times. If you, if you get a little better launch angle on that PAT, we ain't even talking about the, the second time he blew it. I'm talking about Craig Josephs. Craig, you, you, you're an NFL kicker. I don't care where you're from, you know, uh, Africa or whatever. You, you are in the NFL now. And, and you got a big boot. You got a big cannon. You, you, you got a good swing. But it ain't going to matter if you're yanking and pushing. Getting those low launch angles, getting balls tipped on PATs. Craig Josephs, you better look in the mirror and you better nut up because today, what you're going to see in that mirror is a dud. Mm. That's mm. the stable. Wait, that's, that's, oh, that's it? it? That's whole, that's you only have one guy in the, the stable? stable? That's the only, he's the big guy. He's the dud this week. That's the one the from the defense? Not Zim for the clock management? That's the stable. All right, that was... Uh, All right. That was Randy in Cottage Grove's week two Minnesota Vikings. He said one thing I'd like to touch on. Did he just, or, did he just hang up? He, he's yeah. gone, yeah. yeah. It doesn't click anymore because, well, we're, I mean, inside production meeting here. We're trying to, we wanted him to come on camera for our YouTube channel, but apparently he's not allowed to have camera devices on his computer or phone, apparently. I don't know. Something uh, something legally. Yes. Do we know why he, he got his uh, license revoked? I don't remember I don't, that. I don't want to know. I yeah, I don't want to know. I, I, I don't think he's worked in two years now. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's had a job in two years. I don't, um, I don't, know, if, I don't know if we should know. You know. Can we get back to the crushing four bottles of Yeg? Gross, dude. Because unless that party <laughs> had about 70 people there, that is an excessive amount of Yeg. What's the most yag you've ever had um, in one sitting? One experience for me. One experience in my twenties. <laughs> That's it. Never again. I, I drink this stuff. We we definitely got into it a lot. Uh, my my freshman year at St. Cloud State. It was a very normal. Um, before a hockey game, we would take that and 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 put it in like a, a canteen and 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 tune up before that with it. And I I don't think I have. I can't even smell yag. Without like wanting to literally throw up, it's pretty gross. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I did it once, and I thought this was tastes really good. I can have a mm. few of these, and uh, never again. Mm. 
Yeah, I feel like of all the things you could like, you know, tip upside down and have ready to do to do shots, like Yeg is not really in my top five unless they want to be a presenting sponsor of Mackie and Judd here. I will bathe in, in Jägermeister which, if that's in the which case. case. Yeah, we'll have a Yeg hot tub in the studio. Declan and Judd can yeah. just you know, <laughs> play footsie in it. It'll be great. Uh, who would be if you if you guys had a one person dud stable for this Vikings game? Who would that if it, if it wasn't Greg Joseph? All right, let's take Greg Joseph out the table. Who would you add to that dud stable? One person from Zimmer. yesterday's game. Zimmer for sure. He he had a bad game. Like he coached a really bad game. Um, his you know starting with the fact that the defense did not play as well as is expected. There were certain guys that played well, but you also have the fact that he made quite a few really questionable decisions that were bad and ultimately right or wrong fall directly on him. So that would be my easy one. Mike Zimmer. Dude, his, the, I don't think it's being talked about enough. The end of the first half, Mike, Mike Zimmer is so bad with just like maneuvering the last three or four minutes of a half, right? Okay. What do we want to do? If we score here, what should we do on the ensuing kickoff? Right. A squib kick. In 2021, <laughs> with one of the longest range field goal kickers in American history, right? Like, Matt Prater is a machine, even at his older age. His range goes beyond the 50-yard line. Why are you not kicking the ball through the back of the end zone? What are you worried about? Because he said... Well, they he, might return a kick. How many times has someone returned no. a kick for a touchdown against you in your life as a defensive coach, Mike Zimmer? He Twice? explained it. He wanted them... He wanted them to pick up the ball and return it to run clock. Yeah. He thought he thought I'm keeping Why would they Kyle, do that? He he's thinking I'm keeping <laughs> oh Kyler Murray God. off the field and and the clock is then going to run during the kickoff return and Kyler has that much less time. But you're exactly right. Matt you played against Matt Prater. He damn near dag- daggered you Dude. at US Bank Stadium a few years back for the Lions. You know exactly what he's capable of. And yeah, it's but it's remarkable. He had a really bad game. That is legitimately one of the dumbest explanations I've ever heard. Okay, so they have 25 seconds left. Kick it to the back of the end zone. Mm-hmm. What do you think the Cardinals are going to do with 25 seconds left at their own 25-yard line? They're going to run the ball. They're not going to get risky in that spot. That's the thing. Like Teams aren't looking with like 20 seconds to go unless you have Tom Brady and maybe if you have Pat Mahomes in that situation – Almost every other quarterback, the head coach, in that situation, 20 seconds left, 25 seconds left, your own 25-yard line, you might take one stab with a pass, but you're most likely going to run the ball and shut it down. And I don't know. I, it, well, I guess as long as he wasn't afraid of someone returning a kick for if, if it, no. as long as it wasn't from like a fear-based position, then no. it's a little – but that's that's horrible logic. But the problem, too, is he is now, in essence – bailing on his defense, which is his pride and joy, by saying, eh, I thought Kyler Murray might get the ball and beat us. That's what he's saying. Like, think about that. This is his, this is what he does. Like, this defense, Kyler Murray is unbelievable, and he's fun to watch, and yes, he's very difficult to stop. But your whole defense is built with, we can stop, we can stop quarterbacks. That's what we do, right? And you're literally telling me now, well, we were afraid Kyler Murray might get the ball and have too much time left. Like, who, who does he trust? He doesn't trust Kirk. He doesn't trust uh, his defense now. Think about that. Like, how are you going to build a winning culture for your team when your calling card, you're like, well, I don't know so much about that now. Well, yeah, and so what is the thing that you will lean on going into now 
now you got back to back games at home. Granted, so you're gonna have you're gonna at least have that seventy thousand you know fan advantage that you didn't have last year, and that will matter. Yep. That will matter. But you got Russell Wilson. You got this Browns team that's just great all over the place, like on every side of the ball. Um, what do you lean on? Can you can you really go into these two games and lean on? Well, defense is going to be our calling card. We're gonna shut we're gonna shut these teams down defensively. I almost think you should be leaning on the pass game. You've got these three wide receivers now. You got Dalvin Cook, right? Your offensive line looked better in in week two. You didn't commit any penalties in the first half. That was great. Congratulations. Ten penalties yeah, in the I, first half two Richard weeks ago. Hill had to hold. So and it, it, this, but th- these are conversations we've been having for months. Which is, boy, your offense was like borderline one of the better offenses in the NFL. What if you took that offense to the next level? What if you really fortified the offensive line and really leaned into Yep. You know, working with Kirk even more, it's like they went the opposite direction and they're still allowing 30 points per game through the yep. first two weeks with a Hall of Famer on the schedule next week. And I guarantee you, in the postgame, if the if the roles had been flipped and the offense had made some big plays, but for the most part played crappy and the defense had played great, Mike would not have been as optimistic about the offense as he was yesterday about the defense. Like he's like, yeah, we, you know, we we did some good things out there on defense. It's like, okay, hold on a second here, and and that's the type of thing that drives people in the Vikings building crazy, because if the offense had ultimately not played great but made some big plays, Mike would have pointed that out in a heartbeat yeah. and talked about how well his defense played, uh, but because it was uh, reversed, he tried to say, well, I mean, our defense made some. Yeah, but they allowed a lot of big plays too, and you wouldn't tolerate that. If Kirk Cousins had like two or three screw-ups and played a good game beyond that, Mike would have pointed that out. This is probably a deeper discussion for a different day, maybe later this week, but what do you think it would take for Mike Zimmer to be fired mid-season? Owen's, like what would, is it 0-6? 0-6. If you're 0-6, I think you're gone. And 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 yes, the defense situationally played well in week two, but if, if if his bread and butter is defense and you're allowing 30-plus points a game, 380 yards a game, I mean, it's not working anymore. I would, I would, I would assume it's 0-6 at the bye. I think it's two things, 0-6 and mutiny. Okay, what, because, does, what does mutiny look like? Uh, it goes off the rails and, and players are pointing fingers and players are behind the scenes going to uh, Spielman and executives to complain about Mike and Mike has lost control. And you can tell uh, Childress in essence in 2010 lost control. Like that team was off the rails. It was, it was um, careening. Moss got, got let go by Childress, which was insubordination because Brad didn't tell the Wilfs. So I think it would take Owen six and an absolute mutiny which is possible. Like I've I mean, seen it are before. There, are there any? The only thing about this team is, but who coaches? Are there them? any players that would like rise up to that level on this team? And almost that's the thing about this team too. It just doesn't feel like they've got some really good players. They've got some borderline Hall of Famers. They've got some Ring of Honor guys. But it just kind of feels like no one wants to grab the wheel. Even the head coach barely wants to grab the. He only wants to grab the defensive wheel. <laughs> you know does. Is Kirk Cousins the guy that's going to go up and down the sideline in a moment of crisis and you know tap everyone on the helmet oh, no, and give an no, impassioned no. pep talk? No, no. But but Th- Thielen doesn't isn't really that guy. He just you know he's he does Adam Thielen things and that's fine. Right. But if but if if you have players 
overall start to voice their displeasure and you start to have problems and you don't win a game, that's the only thing. I think if you're 0-6 and there's not mutiny, I don't think that, that they make a coaching change in part because of this question. Who do you name to coach this team? Like, there's no Stefanski who you'd be like, okay, you know what? Get a nice long look at this up-and-coming coach, and he might be our guy. Clint Kubiak, Andre Patterson, who is a defensive guy and and been coaching for, what, 35 years? So my question is, if you did that, who inherits the mess for the rest of the season? Yeah, I, it's a good question. There's not There's not like a a young coach in waiting that you're looking to test out to be a head coach. It would literally just be addition by extraction, right? You would be, you would be extracting Mike Zimmer from the situation and just hoping that things get better. Honestly, or, I don't know what the value would be, I guess. Honestly, if you are zero and six and I don't think that they will be, but let's just say they are, I don't either. They're not gonna be on. But let's just say that it all goes wrong. I would be a much bigger advocate of of doing what they didn't do at the deadline last year and looking to move pieces so I ensure I'm as bad as I can possibly be. Oh, is this a write that down point for a listener? <laughs> are you calling for are you officially calling? Not yet. For no, 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 no. No, I'm saying if you're 0-6, I, I would take door two, which is trade guys. You could have traded guys last year and you didn't. And I still think I think not capitalizing on the lack of success from 2020 is a huge mistake. You know, so Thiel, I'm not Thiel, Thielen's yeah. one of the highest paid players on the team. I trade him. I might look to trade KJ Osborne's been. Your I might best look to trade Cook because Cook's wearing well, down. I don't think you can do that. Say say that you want them to tank right now. I don't want them to tank. Give They're that, give, give that listener a breath. Not there yet. Right now, <laughs> we're not there yet. Dalvin Cook could get you. Something. Say it, you coward. Dalvin Cook could could get you. A Acknowledge something. me. Thielen Acknowledge could get you a little something. <laughs> I'm just saying that there are some options of guys to dump. No, there are definitely are. And I would rather do do what would be perceived as a baseball move than be, be like, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to turn this thing around with Ryan Ficken. I, I am still uh, – I, I, I would like to see them play a home game or two because yes. that can make all the difference if they win a bunch of home games. Uh, I'd, I'd love to see what they do against the Seahawks. But if they don't beat the Seahawks and they start 0-3, I'm still going to give them, okay, you got three more games before the bye, including two home games. The Lions are in there like – can you get to the by three and three? If you can't get to the by three and three, then we can have sure. much different conversations during that. You period. asked me a question. You said, what if they are 0 and 6? And I'm telling you what I would do. I'd start stripping it down from the studs. Say it. I'm say not you say want it them to tank. I'm not Acknowledge there me. It's 0 and 2. So, all right. Well, we got to go uh, collect ourselves here before Purple Daily, which you can find anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, two YouTube channels. We got Purple Daily and we've got Score North. And you can find tons of Viking stuff on both of those. Click subscribe. Tell a couple friends. Click the like button if you're watching us on YouTube. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow for a little who gets it, who doesn't, which I'm sure we'll have a long list.